Acknowledge me. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. Oh, smile like you can kick your face off. I'm done with that. You got me mad now. You know you got a bad tickle. Feeling good. All the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of energy again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. I love purple. I was like, yes, <laughs> like this guy's awesome. With my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. Are you humanoids? Get ready. I don't know where the kid is that was a ride list, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Christian's a man! Oh! And I have passed the brain to see But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you I know my wrestling. Nick, he, don't know, he don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling. Like he know that wrestling, boy. <laughs> he was about to hop over the table. What? <laughs> you are empty, break your heart. What a beast. Fuck. Boom. No sleep, no food. No nothing. Just maniacism. You got the water, man. Give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in internet land, and welcome to episode 353 of The Straight Shooters, available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson of the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick Pacone, the Fox PHL, the gambler, and Philly influencer, and we've yet another fantastic show ahead of us tonight. It is a deep dive, but not quite the same deep dives we've done in recent years. We're not going to deep dive into a specific event, per se. Like we did last week with the 2000 Royal Rumble and the 2017 Royal Rumble and the 2000, well, the 1997 Royal Rumble the week before that. Go check those out in the archives uh, if you still got Royal Rumble fever. Instead, though, we're diving into arguably one of the best storylines in wrestling for the last uh, quite some time. Let's just say that. And of course, we're talking about the bloodline, which pretty much came to a head but it's you know still ongoing story obviously but it took a dramatic turn is what i should say at this year's war rumble in a very dramatic and well thought out and well executed angle post match post main event where Sami Zayn is watching his best friend kevin owens be decimated by the bloodline and he has his final test is to actually, well, for first, he stops, tries to stop Roman Reigns from continuing the beating. But Roman Reigns hands him the chair. Sammy thinks about it. And instead of hitting Kevin Owens with the chair, he hits Roman Reigns with the chair. And Roman Reigns sells it exactly pretty much the same way he did in 2014 when Seth Rollins hit him in the chair, hit him in the back with the chair, I should say, to break up the shield. The same scene pretty much played out the Royal Rumble in San Antonio this past Sunday, or this past Saturday, I should say, and it was a beautiful story to watch. Even though the match itself was eh, and the rest of the show was okay, that made everything. And it's got the wrestling world buzzing because there's so much more to tell with this story. There's still so many ways to go with this story, so, still so many stories to tell with each character that we're all just reveling in it. And honestly, for me personally, I'm not ready for it to end. I know it's going to end at some point, but I'm good with this just keep keep you know continuing. I know where it's going to go. We all knew we we're going to get to this point. 
but we've all enjoyed the ride. So we're going to talk all about it today here on this podcast, here on episode 353 of The Straight Shooters. Before we get into our conversation, i got to do my weekly check on my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick. How are you doing tonight on this Thursday evening, my good brother? The Philadelphia Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. Made a change up in here. We're oh. gonna upset multiple people with the copyrights. That's a lot of the song. I mean, I guess you gotta let the beat drop. Alright, let's go. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't have the, uh, the Lil Uzi song, man. That's the song of this season. Yeah, but it, it's the the video I made at the beginning of this season um, with the Stranger Things meme uh, with this song playing, uh, Dreams and Nightmares. It, I feel like maybe I had something to to do with the Eagles <laughs> going to the Super Bowl. So, well, yeah, if you you know, I'm sure as you listen to this, you are well aware. But yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles are back in the Super Bowl for the fourth time. Overall, but the second time in five years, of course, the last time was the 2017 season or early 2018 on the calendar, but they decimated the 49ers in the NFC Championship, uh, knocking out two quarterbacks in that game. My goodness. And cruising to the championship game. It was kind of reminiscent of like 17. And I was at that game, obviously, because I worked for the team. And it was just like the last quarter and a half was like a party. And I'd imagine it was the same, a similar scene down in South Philly, uh, Sunday night, or Sunday. They had the whole day actually. <laughs> it yeah, wasn't really. it was Sunday because yeah, the game really. started at three. So e- either the party's going to be if the game is late, that means the party's longer before the game. If the game is early, that means and if they win, that means the party's longer after the game. And that's what happened this past Sunday, as Philly partied long into the night, deep into the night, and many poles were climbed despite the. <laughs> copious amount of grease they put on these poles here uh in in the city it's never enough because people still find their way up them poles and somehow destroy a lot of city property at the same time but nobody gets arrested somehow because you know sports (laughs) but uh uh but yeah it's a wild time eagles in the bowl uh the team travels out sunday and i'm traveling out there too sunday night morning Mm. i I forget what time i'm landing Uh. out there but I'll be there all week, so we're not doing a show next week. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't find out till mid last week that I was, you know, you were even going, yeah, yeah. If they were if they did win, yeah, right. And that was like Wednesday of last week. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, and it's like, yeah, you going? Like, okay, well, okay, let's let's rock. But uh, so yeah, I'll be there. So stay tuned to the social channels at Philly Inquirer and at Vaughn M Johnson too for some social content from your boy. Out there in Arizona, so, my second uh, Super Bowl, obviously. It's going to so be a yeah, great time. 
to answer your question, I'm doing good because uh, oh, <laughs> we are all. Yeah, that was my question. Burn it up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I did ask you that, and you played the Eagle stuff, so I did. I got did. me going. So, therefore, you know, listen, one more win. I'm feeling good about it. Feeling a lot better during this run than I did in 2017, just because we, you know, we had so many injuries back then. We weren't, and you know, we still hadn't won a Super Bowl, so we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, to use that. Uh, you know, phrase, but uh, the other shoe dropped, and it was the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the Patriots. So um, this time, it's just the Eagles are the best team in the league, and uh, there's a lot of confidence. There was confidence against the Giants. There was confidence against the 49ers. 49ers. <laughs> we got the team name. They became so irrelevant after beating them in the NFC Championship. You forgot their name. My goodness. Only the second best team in the NFC. Yeah, they had like twelve straight wins oh, no. before the playoff, before that championship game. I literally was like thinking Vikings. I was like, no, they didn't beat the Vikings. No, not the Vikings. They didn't even win the playoff game. They were like it a faceless Forty ers team. They had nobody. They had nobody. <laughs> so oh, yeah. uh, you know, easy road or not, that doesn't really exist in the NFL. But that's no, it does not. That's what they do to cope. So. That's uh, the, the narratives surrounding the team. It's crazy. It's unbelievable it really sometimes. Is. It makes me laugh. It's like we've never said this stuff for any other team nope. ever. Ever. You think the Eagles are the first one seed to play a eh, team in the first round? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Kansas City played Jacksonville, and they were – look, Jacksonville had a good season, but it wasn't like Jacksonville was a juggernaut. So right. – did anybody say, man, Kansas City had an easy road? It's just like, no, they just mm-hmm. won the playoff game. You know, mm-hmm. that's what happens. You win playoff games. I don't care who you play. And you don't get to a Super Bowl by accident. I don't care who you are. Right. I don't care who you are. I will. You will never hear me say a team isn't really deserving of being in there or isn't good because they're in the Super Bowl. If you're in the Super Bowl, you're a pretty good team. That's just, pretty, that's just it. You deserved pretty, it. It's hard to pretty, get to a Super Bowl. Pretty good. It's hard, bro. It's a long it's season. It's real man. hard. And I remember everyone, you know, kind of questioning Nick Sirianni's training camp because they, you know, their preseason, they look terrible. But it's like, listen, man, Nick, th- these coaches nowadays know what they're doing. And that's kind of, they use training camp really to start everything. Because if you peak in week one, that's not great. <laughs> so, no. you know. And it's. It, it's funny you mentioned Sirianni because he's been a, a topic yeah. of conversation today because the Giants' safety, Julian Love, said he's got a free ride. It's just uh, he's so the bad. narrative around the Eagles now is that they're so good that no right. one deserves credit for their success. Like, Jalen Hurts, oh he's, he can't get credit for being MVP. The team around him is so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sirianni can't be coach of the year. The team around him is so good. <laughs> when has this ever been the case with the Eagles where they're like, they're being discredited team. for being I've never heard too good for any team. For any no team. Tom Brady team, no Peyton Manning team. Does, like, does not, Steve no Kerr not team. get credit for the Warriors because the team is just so good? Like even Brad <laughs> Johnson, who beat the Eagles in 2002 when the Bucks right. went on to win the Super Bowl, they gave him a bunch of credit for it. Right, it gave wasn't the Bucks Trent defense, you know, like a credit for the Ravens in 2000. Yeah. Like it's just, it's. To me, it's wild. I don't know why this is the case. Obviously, Twitter and stuff didn't exist back in 2000, 2002. It's just, to me, it's hilarious. I've never heard of this before, where you don't give 
the team, any players on the on one of the best teams in football, any individual. Where usually you have a team that good, they got a coach of the year or an offensive player of the year or something. Even if it's not MVP, right? The Eagles won't get none of those. <laughs> like they won't get a coach of the year. They're going to win the Super Bowl. They're not going to get any of those uh, awards. They're going to get the individual awards, and I'm sure the team is fine with that. I'm whatever, but like it's just funny how that happens. You usually see a team that good and is that exciting too. This team wasn't like a boring team. Team had two thousand yard receivers and an MVP yeah. candidate at quarterback and a defensive line that had the, the most best sacks. Division in, in football, by the way, it wasn't a cakewalk of the division either. Right, three teams in the division and went to the playoffs, and the defensive line has seventy sacks in the season, and it's still get no credit. It's, it's racking up sacks. Man. It's, it it's, is it's, funny. Like you kind of, it's almost like you can't believe what you're reading, and it's that's how funny it is. Right. You just laugh because you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm now. I don't work for the serious. team anymore. I don't have a dog in the race, but. It's really funny. It's like it's like what? I don't think Eagles fans have ever been in a position where their team has been hailed as so good. Right. right. That it's just like, ah, whatever. Your team is super like I've seen so many opposing teams fans be like, Your team is super stacked, it's super deep, it's super talented, and that's why Jalen Hurst sucks. And like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just give the team a backhanded compliment? <laughs> like they're so good. That's why Nick Sirianni isn't a good coach. Because he just gets out of the way, like Julian Love said. It's kind of absurd. I'm, really I'm, I'm, I can't, I actually, honestly can't wait until the teams get to Arizona so we can move past the nonsense narratives and we just talk about football. I mean, do you this think is the, the, this is the week for the narratives. Away? I'm, not, I'm not sure they will. I think they but. will. I think they will. Because at, at some point, you got to let it go. <laughs> like, yeah. this is the week where we're still kind of reacting to everything. Yeah, true. This is when we're bored, too. There's no football games, at least no NFL games this weekend. So it's like, what are we going to talk about? Let's talk about nonsense. <laughs> then next week, it'll be about that week. It'll be about who gets who. The individual awards is going to get handed out next Thursday. NFL honors. It'll be about all the game stuff. But the narratives are wild. It's just wild, and we haven't even gotten deep into the Andy Reid going against the Eagles. And I know the Kelsey brother stuff has already been everywhere. Yeah. But this is a wild Super Bowl. This is I said on Twitter. It's the best storyline Super Bowl ever. <laughs> when you talk about. The connections and the roads that people have traveled. You got the Chiefs have been to five straight AFC championships. They've hosted five straight AFC championships. I don't think any team has ever done that. Host five straight conference championship games. Going against a team that their coach used to coach right. <laughs> and is also equally really good. You got two black quarterbacks for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a lot of stuff going on in this game. So it'll be fun while we're out there. Uh, I don't have any predictions, anything like that, but uh, it should be a good time, man. Yeah, man, you're going to have fun, I'm sure, and uh, I'm going to have fun watching. Uh, I've probably said this before, um, so I'm not not like a superstitious guy, but I'd be shocked if the Philadelphia Eagles don't win the Super Bowl. So, um, And I think all of us are because they're just so good, and it doesn't matter who they face. Well, really look, doesn't. they got Patrick Mahomes to go. Like Patrick Mahomes and yeah. Travis Kelsey are just dogs. Like, yeah, so, they will be the probably the toughest test they face all year. But um, you know, the Eagles are going to be the toughest test the Chiefs face all year. So it's one hundred percent true. Nobody I agree with that as well. Nobody wants to give them credit, but they're they're going to show out just like I they don't always think do. The Chiefs have played a defensive line as good as the Eagles. Right. I don't know if they played a secondary as good as the. And the thing is, like you said, the Eagles are healthy. With the Chiefs, Miko Hartman's not playing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he'll be ready for game day. And yeah. Kelsey. But 
they'll be ready, but they're still kind of banged up. Everybody's banged up, but like, I think who was used to receive it? Tony Kadarius Tony's been banged up. Mm-hmm. So you know, Eagles really don't have those issues outside of maybe Lane Johnson. You know, but even he's right. toughing it out and playing. So we'll see. We'll see, man. You, you still gotta. If you're an Eagles fan, you're gonna keep that negativity in the back of your mind. Like this could be another heartbreaking loss <laughs> in the annals. Because yeah. I'm sure a lot of Eagles fans, when Christian McCaffrey scored that touchdown in the NFC Championship, yeah, I was they all, like, we, oh. they, all, they all had O2 Bucks vibes, and it's like, <laughs> oh no, 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 this can't happen. Oh no, 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 no. This is this this, this my new nightmare. Uh, but crisis avoided on that front for Eagles fans. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, let's have a good time. It's gonna be warm at least at this Super Bowl, unlike the last one when mm. it was like a high of zero degrees yeah, on game yeah. day. So it'll be nice and sunny, or at least warm, even if it's not sunny. So there's that. Super Bowl 57 coming up. Everybody's going to be watching here in the city. Uh, and if the team wins, it could be another big party. Oh, yeah. Another big party here in Philadelphia. What else is going on in wrestling? We, what we got here? We Oh, unfortunate news in wrestling today, actually. Uh, the passing of Lanny Poffo, the genius. That news came out today, courtesy of Hacksaw Jim Duggan on social media. Uh, Of course, Lanny Poffo is the brother of Randy Poffo, who's best known to the masses masses as Macho Man Randy Savage. But uh, I've always liked Lanny Poffo as a talent, as as the genius, as a a person, as a talker on the microphone. And I've listened to a couple of interviews he had back in the day, and I always, you know, just, he always had good insights, but... Uh, he unfortunately passed away today at 68 years old, and that Poffold family dynasty, when you go from, uh, you know, Randy and Lanny, and I believe it's Angelo Poffo, mm-hmm. is the patriarch, uh, all three are now have now passed on. And that Poffold family legacy, where they ran their own territory in the South back in the day, and of course, Randy came up and became an absolute superstar that uh, still resonates with people today, uh, but Lanny was... Uh, I want to say obviously overshadowed by his brother, but was very talented in his own right. So rest in peace to Lanny Poffo. Uh, I don't know if you had any Lanny Poffo memories that you wanted to share. It's uh, actually funny. Um, the first time I saw the genius was when he was managing the Beverly Brothers, and he would, uh, you know, have all those poems uh, he was reading in, in the beginning of matches. Um, little did I know, I actually like him when he was with Mister Perfect. I thought that was like. A, a great team together. Um, it's like when Perfect maybe first came in when he was feuding with Hulk Hogan and stuff, and they actually had like a Saturday Night's Main Event match together. Like, like the genius was actually in the spotlight for a while. I was like, wow, like I, you know, as a kid growing up, I didn't, I started watching after that. So as I grew up and started watching the older stuff, I watched that. That was very entertaining. Um, Mr. Perfect, Ted DiBiase, they had some great feuds with the champions at the time, uh, Hulk Hogan especially uh yeah it's kind of a shame he never you never kind of gave the heels a run because he needed that big baby face that's the face of the promotion courtesy of you know vince mcmahon needed to build that brand but um the genius and Bristol perfect were a hell of a team together i enjoyed them a lot more than uh the genius with the beverly brothers which is what i first saw so um and obviously the 92 rumble you had a uh, the genius and uh, Jameson. <laughs> I remember Jameson. Uh, oh, boy. The genius, like, punking his ass out. He hitted me. 
I felt so bad when I was watching that. I was like six years old. I'm like, what the hell, genius? That wasn't right. <laughs> genius was like the biggest heel for me as a kid because he hit Jameson. I was like, you bastard. But uh, you know, it was very entertaining. He was he was a good sports entertainer in WWF. Uh, you know, wrestling. I don't know if he. I, I didn't really watch a lot of him uh, wrestling and matches, but as an entertainer, he always made me kind of like laugh, even though he was a heel. So. A lot like a lot of the heels did, you know, going back. You just kind of laugh at them because, you know, they're supposed to be the bad guy. And sometimes they're so over the top that you can't help but laugh. Even as a six-year-old kid, you kind of understand that. So uh, that's what I'll remember the most about him, about Lanny Poffo. Yeah, Lanny Poffo, a great talker in his day and a great talent in his day, but no longer great with voice. us. What a great voice, too. Yeah. Very different than, you know, what you would hear on WWF TV. Just like, obviously, Randy Savage's poems. voice is different, but Lanny Poffo's voice was different, too. They just string together poems on a weekly basis. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sound like an actual genius out there. So He did. Again, <laughs> and rest the, in peace. Wearing the hat. And the, the gown, like, <laughs> He's a scholar, great, bro. Man. He's a scholar at all times. I loved it. Uh, but rest in peace in Lanny Poffo. Again, passed away today at the age of 68. Uh, again, member of that Poffo family uh, dynasty of sorts. Again, Angelo Poffo, the patriarch, Randy Savage, and Lanny Poffo. But now, we must make the awkward transition to our top topic for today. It is a deep dive. Like I said, it is a deep dive not into an event. But into a storyline, the best damn storyline in wrestling for the last, I don't know, at least two decades, the bloodline, which is a story. It's not like it's not just a story that's happening right here in the moment. That's good. It's a story that's been happening for two and a half years and it's been good. First of all, before we kind of go into this, what have your what are your thoughts, your overall thoughts on this story and its place in, I guess, not just WWE history, but wrestling history? As just a complete story so far, man. Uh, I mean, you fa- you if I, you told me in September 2020 that the story would still be going, um, where the seeds were planted back then when Roman came back and the Thunderdome and won the title and uh, triple threat against Wyatt and what was it Braun Strowman? Um, if you told me right now. February 2nd, as we record this, 2023, is where we would be. I would have been like, Sami Zayn, what? <laughs> How the hell does he fit into all this? And There were rumors, you know, that, you know, maybe Roman would team up with Usos as an actual group and not just like a one-off six-man tag or whatever um, and kind of formulate a different version of the Shield and whatever. And man, have the, has the bloodline eclipsed the Shield, you know, for maybe I don't want to say like a long long time ago but it's definitely eclipsed the shield for me uh yeah it, it, it you go back from when the seeds started being planted and we'll we'll get to that but to now uh absolutely no idea we would witness one of the greatest storylines in WWE history and it's a sports entertainment storyline uh so if people want to like I've already seen like just people try to turn on against it because cause it's WWE, you know, like they're like, why does WWE need to have like a best storyline ever? It's like, man, we're not, 
when we say like best storyline, we're, we're talking within the confines of WWE. We're not, we're yeah, not, not talking about like of all pro wrestling history ever. Like that's it's too up, much. I think it's, that's too much. You can much. put it into that stratosphere because there hasn't been. I mean, there's been a lot of great matches. There's been some good angles, but I don't know if you have a story that's lasted this long. That's this good, right? Different wrinkles, but I'm just saying, like, if you if you say, oh, it's not the best wrestling in pro wrestling history, but that that has so many stories that have been great through the years. Like, we don't always have to compare it to the best. Um, and I, this is like mainly for the detractors that want to kind of piss all over this angle, be like, oh, it's not even close to the best storyline ever. It's like I, like, why do we even have to put it to you know, like best or worst or you know just enjoy it because it's a great story whether i mean the people that don't like it are you know people that have already tuned out wwe which obviously a lot of people have um for with good reason over the years they've had no reason to stick around because they've never seen a storyline like this and how long you know like maybe ever um but that you can go back to september 2020 october 2020 like literally over two years ago, and see seeds that were planted that we st- we kind of understand today during the course of the story. Obviously, Jey Uso being a big centerpiece of this story, not even Roman Reigns. Like figure, figure, like it blows my mind that you, Roman's not just like the center of the story. There's so many different pieces that happen through the years where you can point to character development of one character versus another versus the whole group and then obviously Roman Reigns the champion being at the top it's not it's crazy like it hasn't always been about Roman and I think that's the best part of it so far yeah I would say that I don't know if there's too many stories and groups for that man like you said it's definitely Eclipse to Shield and it's funny you say that I'm gonna get back to my original point in a second but the person, there's a person once upon a time who told Roman Reigns that the shield is going to be a footnote in your career. <laughs> and that person was the wise man, Paul Heyman, who cut a promo when he was representing Brock Lesnar to Roman Reigns talking about that. Like, at some point, the shield is going to be a footnote in your career. And he was right. Because yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the bloodline has blown that out of the water. And I thought that they kept the shield together for longer. That was going to be big deal. And it was a big deal while it lasted, but the they smartly have kept the bloodline together for now it'll be i mean roman came back in mid 2020 we're going on three years with this story almost we're going to be like two and a half years we're already into that i think um but it's a story that the reason why i like it so much is because it has lasted it stood the test of time as far as how long it's lasted it hasn't had any real dips in the story also, everyone has benefited and everyone has had a a integral role in the story. No one is just hanging out. Well, like the NWO, right. it was really like two or three important guys and everybody else is yeah. hanging like Vincent, Stevie Ray, hey, hey, hey. you know, like <laughs> I'm just saying, you know what I'm talking about. Scott hey, Norton, they're just hanging out. They were just there. I loved right? Virgil. I was like, yes, <laughs> like this guy's awesome. Here we go. <laughs> But and obviously that didn't help when you have like twenty guys in the group. You can't yeah, <laughs> create it for everybody. It, you water it down, and you know I, I don't think the in the NWO angle 
there wasn't like a watering down the four horsemen i guess if you want to like say Paul I mean, Roma in there, it was like watering it down. Yeah, they changed really members so like, much. There wasn't it, really it, like it got watered big, down at some point. Yeah, it wasn't really like a big group, I should say. Like, like the NWO was with many members, not just like four or five, where you felt like it was watered down until we actually saw it, and then you kind of understand. Okay, the the more people we put in this group, not necessarily the better. Yeah, the group is so good though. And it has been the story has been so well well done that Paul Heyman hasn't had to talk, like he has True. lately, but like for a stretch long stretch of time, you didn't hear he that much from Paul. Yeah, he has lately because he's starting to like get tired of Sammy, I think, and that's, right. maybe that's part of the story. But before that, it wasn't like Paul was cutting promos every week. Right. week. He was not, so he's just hanging out with the belt, looking at Roman <laughs> the funny, whole time. Funny in itself, just staring at him. Right, and it's. <laughs> And that's all he has to do. And it adds to the aura that is a bloodline and specifically Roman Reigns. But again, uh, circling back to a point, this has benefited everyone involved. Obviously, he's benefited Roman Reigns. He's been the champ for since, I don't know, the pandemic. And now we're like coming out of that. Yeah, We got Jey Uso, who was... Becoming main event Uso, Jay Uso, before the bloodline formed. And then he's taking multiple turns and he's got a spotlight. Jimmy Uso has a direction. He's got things he's got to do in this story. Solos has things he's got a role, right? Of course, Sammy's has a major role. And then Paul, everybody has their role and they're playing it perfectly well. And there are times when this story where it was deadly serious. And then you had the times where they were the villains, and then you had the times where they're just cracking each other up on TV every week, <laughs> and they were the funnest thing to watch on the show at the same time. You're not feeling oozy? Right. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> great. This is a classic so awesome. segments. It is. The segment where they just did a couple, I think it was a couple weeks ago, where Sammy and Roman are sitting in the back eating the popcorn. Yes. And they're like, <laughs> everything, like every time they cut back, Sammy's doing something different, like, well, Roman's looking at him, and Sammy's got the popcorn. Now they both got the popcorn. <laughs> Little <laughs> things like that had just made the story so much better. So many classic moments in this story, but that's because all of the people involved have a role, and they play a part. But let's go back to the beginning. I know some people, you know, you might you might want to trace this all the way back to the Usos and against the Shield back in 2013. We don't have to go back that far. Let's just go back to the to SummerSlam 2020. When the slogan was, you'll never see it coming. <laughs> right? I remember that. And in the main event of that show, I believe it was Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt for the Universal title. Mm-hmm. And Braun Strowman won that match, I believe, right? If I'm not mistaken. because yeah, I think Wyatt didn't win it after he beat that when he was the Fiend. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure Braun was the winner there. Man. What a dark time this was in, in, <laughs> was, in our lives. <laughs> All right. Damn Thunderdome. 2020. Oh, yeah, oh COVID, I take that COVID back. too. <laughs> the Fiend took beat Bray, oh, Braun wow. Strowman. I forgot the Fiend had the belt. Jeez. He, that's what, this is when he won the belt from Braun Strowman. I forgot about that. Oh, so he's a transitional champ, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in hindsight, that is very much the case. But after the match... We hear the shield music, that Danat, Danat nonsense that he had for multiple <laughs> years, and out comes Roman Reigns, 
who by this point had been gone for like eight months mm-hmm. from WWE. Maybe not eight, maybe six, but either way, because obviously this is 2020. It was only a few weeks before WrestleMania. Right, so we're talking about April to August, so maybe like four or five months. Either way, he's gone for multiple months. And obviously, again, this is 2020. This is still pre-vaccine. This is the pandemic. This is quarantine times. We are hunkering down in August of 2020. At least some people were. Some people (laughs) was out here still wilding, all right? Going to pool parties and whatnot. That was wild times. But so does, but you know who fell back? Roman Reigns fell back. Because he was about to go against Goldberg for the Universal title at WrestleMania. Of course, quarantine shuts everything down. And Immutal Compromised, Roman Reigns, said, I'm going home. Because you got to remember, despite being the tribal chief and that big strong man that he is, he is a two-time leukemia survivor. Not once, but twice. Including, I believe, 2018. or Was it 2017 into 2018 or 2018 into 2019 when he took time off? Because of the second bout of leukemia, and he yeah, eventually came back and was at WrestleMania that year, I believe. 18 into 19, I believe. Okay. So, he made the smart decision and took his ass home and did not show up on WWE TV or make an appearance. They didn't have him do promos. They didn't go to his house, nothing like that. He stayed home, and he was chilling. I guess until he felt like it was safe for him to come back, which he did in at SummerSlam. So before Roman left, he was good old Roman Reigns. He was the big dog. He had the shield <laughs> gear still. He was still just Roman Reigns that we knew. He comes back, though, and you notice a slight difference in Roman. Right? He's got different attire on. He's got a black shirt, mm. no shield stuff. And he's it's got this easy. beard. Yeah. And he's got, this, he's got these new teeth. <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's got this menacing look on his face. And you're like, oh, okay. Damn, Roman's back, and he's beating everybody up. Also, and I believe it was we're like, how's Vince going to screw this up? Because <laughs> now right, we're in, like, oh, into it a little bit. Because and there was no reason to be excited. We knew what Roman Reigns was at that point. We all had watched plenty of wrestling <laughs> to this point to know that Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns. We, we know what we're going to get. And I'm looking at the poster for the pay per view after SummerSlam that year, which was Payback. Payback. Roman Reigns is on the poster mm. in his old Shield gear, mm. <laughs> so. Still early on in this process, obviously. But that's who Roman Reigns was. But once we realized Paul Heyman was linking up with... Not Paul Heyman. Roman Reigns was linking up with Paul Heyman. That's when we were like, oh. Well, this is going to be different. And I it was. I still remember before they did the reveal, Roman was telling Adam Pierce, that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. And I'm like, wait a second. I've heard that before. And then they <laughs> pan the camera. Paul's right next to him. And he says, believe that. I was like, oh, here we go. Something's up here. Okay. Something's up here. So at this point, Roman's on his own. But Jey Uso, he's on fire. Mm. Right? But let's before we get to Jey Uso, let's talk about Roman Reigns as a character real quick. Let's do the character study of Roman Reigns, who's just the start of this whole bloodline story. Right? Because his character itself and his evolution to into the tribal chief is pretty fascinating. We've talked about it, especially during the 2017 Royal Rumble deep dive that we did a couple weeks ago. And that Roman Reigns was booked and presented like a dork <laughs> for multiple years. Despite winning titles and main event in WrestleManias, they just never did him any favors. Then he comes back after time away and he's different. And now he's this very self-centered and very determined, very like... 
no nonsense character now. He's not here for the fans. He's not here for. He's here to win. And he, what was his shirt that in the beginning? It was like wreck everything wreck and every, leave. Everyone to leave. Yeah. That was his objective. All right. But Roman as a character is very insecure, which is why he needs the love of his bloodline. He needs to have them prove to him that he's the guy. But I love how. I've always loved how he plays the character and how they work around him. Like he plays it like so nonchalant, so like effortless. It's like it's, it is like it's him. Like you can't. It's like you you. That's that feels like a real person. But I love how because you know he is the tribal chief, they acquiesce to his every whim with like death, like with like so much fear in their eyes. Like Paul Heyman, my tribal chief, and he oh he's right there with the belt, and he's like at his at his right hand all the time, and I'm sure that's exactly how they want to play it because you gotta make Roman look special within the story, so everybody treats him like he is that guy, and that lends to his character. It's like when we say uh, a title is is a prop. It was like no, the prop is as important as you make it. In this case. Not to objectify Roman, but he is like this prop, right? He is the guy that you're going to prop up to be this <laughs> supervillain. Well, how else would everybody react to the supervillain unless they just acquiesce to his demands, bow down to him? Now you make him feel more special. Because you got the great Paul Heyman acquiescing to his demands. He, he managed Brock Lesnar. <laughs> he doesn't listen to nobody. He's listening to Roman Reigns. Like It really is like a royalty type of feel to him. Where everybody just kind of kisses the ring. It's like a royalty feel. It's like a mafia almost feel too. It's like a mafia boss kind of vibes. And he's probably taking inspiration from all these types of characters. Pretty sure, he's, pretty sure he's taking inspiration from monarchs. He's taking inspiration from mob bosses. And, you know, just psychopathic people do. That's what Roman Reigns also is. He's willing to do pretty much go. And very self-centered. Acknowledge me. And very self-centered. Wants to be acknowledged. You have to acknowledge my presence. And now he's built it in. So almost like The Rock with his promo where he says the name of the city and he's just like, acknowledge me. And that's great. The crowd reacts. The crowd reacts. Finally, the crowd's reacting to Roman who can only just say two words to get people going. And he wasn't able to do that five years ago. (laughs) He's had some wild shirts that who's your daddy shirt. Acknowledge your daddy and something like that. Like <laughs> he's had some wild shirts. The one with him and the Usos and Paul Hammond with the belt. The I think the Universal title is great. Then he had they switched it to, to like all the belts they had, and that was dope. Then he had a shirt with Sammy on it too. And now Solo's on the shirt. Like they're selling merch. They're selling tickets. Like and you hear the stories of like WWE's business is going up in 2022. Live events is up. Tickets and ratings is doing better. Doing you know solid and the whole show isn't great but i'd imagine the bloodline story is helping people to tune in every week because you got to see what's going to happen next in that story and that starts with roman reigns and that character he has to be the supreme ruler he has to be the leader of the family because that was the next chapter in the story It wasn't just roman reigns coming in and it wasn't just roman reigns beating the fiend at payback to win the universal title now what's next? We've all been calling for it for years. And we called the name too, the bloodline, the name. But we always like the Uso should team up with Roman and form a faction. 
good or bad, they should team up. We all was like on that bandwagon. Yeah. And then, then Jay Uso enters the, enters the picture. Not Jimmy and Jay, just Jay. Because Jimmy, I believe, was injured at the time. He was. He was. So here's Jay on his own. No tag team partner. So a lot of times when this happens, sometimes they'll send the other partner home too because it's like we got nothing yeah. for you. Yeah. So we'll wait for the other one to be healthy and we'll bring you both back. But Jay sticks around and he's wrestling singles matches. And they're like, you know what, boy, I'm not push him. We got nothing else. It's a pandemic. We got half our wrestlers here probably. Some people are sick. And Jay Uso is not sick <laughs> and he's healthy. Why not? Give the kid a push. And he gets a title shot. Just so happens that title shot comes against his cousin, hmm. Roman Reigns, who is begging and pleading with his cousin, like, don't do this. I am the tribal chief of the family. I make sure everybody eats. Don't go against me. I need the title, not you. You're not the tribal chief. I am the tribal chief. <laughs> so you can't be the champ. It has to be me. And Jay was like, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I beat you up when you were a kid, too. So I can beat you up now. So I want to be champ. It's my time. But Roman is a psychopath. <laughs> sort of as a character. There are, And this is when we saw there were no lengths that the tribal chief would go to. To not only win, but to keep his throne intact. And this was at eventually Hell in a Cell. When he pretty much beats J- Jimmy Uso into submission. And forces Jey Uso to join him in the bloodline. Yeah, it, do you recall was, this? It, it was perfectly done because Jimmy came out trying to like you know help Jay and like he's yelling at Roman, and Roman's just sitting there you know crying like Jimmy or Jay, look what you made me do type thing, and you think like okay maybe Roman's gonna you know not want to continue beating Jay up, and then he just grabs Jimmy. Like chokes about, which is why Jay uh, finally quits. It, it's it was really the first seed planted to me, where I was like, "Damn, Roman's a psychopath. <laughs> like he will do whatever needs to be done to remain at the head of the table um, of his family, and whether that's at the expense of his cousins or anybody else, he's going to do it." Um, and I was all I was in the back of my mind. I was like, "Okay, eventually." They're going to team up because this is too good for the Usos to just go away and just be another tag team in the tag division. And Jimmy wasn't even healthy, by the way. Um, he made that appearance at Hell in a Cell. Um, you know, they did that angle. And then he was gone for a while, you know, until he was finally healthy and came back. I think it was around WrestleMania season, maybe a little before that or after that. But um, that was done well, too, because then you had Roman kind of got rid of Jimmy, and now it was just him and Jay again for a little bit with Paul. Yeah. Yeah. But J- Jay was very reluctant in joining this group. He was very reluctant. He did not en- en- appreciate the fact that Roman did this, and he saw this firsthand what happened. And it's, it's wild to think that two and a half years later, in a WWE story, that's still a thing to this day. Is what happened to Jay Uso back in late 2020? Like, it shouldn't be that big of a stretch when you watch other forms of 
you know, media, and you, I'm watching The Last of Us now. Yeah. And because I'm watching The Last of Us, I'm also watching The Walking Dead again. And it's like, why? <laughs> Multiple apocalyptic shows, apocalyptic shows, and all this stuff. But the way these shows can string stories together for season after season, and it's like little seeds they bring along along the way, or character arcs that you see, that's not common in WWE. To see an actual arc with a character where something that happened to this person has meaning beyond just the one, two, three, and we then we move on to something else. <laughs> like, no. Jay Uso took them L's and is stuck with them. Even though he's been a loyal soldier, we all saw the look on his face when that stuff was happening. And there were always little times throughout this last two and a half years where Jay Uso was the one kind of rebelling. Mm-hmm. Because he never really wanted to do it to begin with. He's main event Jay Uso still. He still feels that in the back of his head. You know he does. You know that's part of the story. He, he, was, he was real close to being champion himself. But he played his role. Right? But that was, again, like you said, the first glimpse of looking at Roman is like, oh, if he did this to his own cousin, mm-hmm. imagine what he'd do to somebody else. We fast forward to WrestleMania and we saw he was stacking people on top of each other at WrestleMania in 2021. Sent Edge and Daniel Bryan packing, all right? Stacked them up, one, two, three, retained the titles. Eventually, Jimmy Uso comes back. He's healthy. And now we got the Usos and Jay Uso. But before this, Jay Uso was a right hand man. Remember that? He's right hand man, Uso. Mm-hmm. He went from main event to right hand man. And then Jimmy enters a picture, picture and Jay Uso's very serious, very like, pretty much an angry guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's super, and rightfully so. He's being forced to do something he doesn't want to do. Jimmy comes in, he's like, hey, family, we're happy now. <laughs> he's goofy because Uso's a funny. And he's just happy go lucky kind of guy. And Jay Uso's like, all right, man, you got to take this serious. Right. And then they finally get him in line. But there was a little tension there for a little bit between Jimmy and Jay. Because Jay was being the right-hand man, or some people's eyes, he's being a lackey, <laughs> all right? But they that, cleared that up. That's actually what I forgot, part of the story that I forgot. Jimmy even had a shirt, right? Said, nobody's bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, he basically was calling Jay Roman's bitch, and I was like, I was like, oh, my God, I forget. I forgot about that. I, for some reason, I thought Jimmy just came in and, and joined um, you know, this is now two years ago, almost two years ago. Um, I just can't believe I forgot about that because that was a huge thing too. Everyone thought that was hilarious. I ain't nobody's bitch. And he had it on a shirt. <laughs> he had it on a t-shirt. Like, how did I forget about that part? Yeah. It, it's great because it shows you the hu- a human element that, uh, you know, with that character within Jimmy that, um, listen, man, you're my twin brother. Like, you got to stop being a bitch like you know like it's a realism to that because i'm sure that could happen in real life oh yeah you know um not that you know i don't have a brother or twin brother that i would go through those things with but you know it's not just all sunshine and rainbows you know it's just because roman's champion you know and jimmy's healthy again it's not just all sunshine and rainbows and i love that realism that element of realism to the story in that time period and obviously, it helps that they're all related. So they got that chemistry down. These are probably real dynamics they've had in real life at some point in the past. 
So there may be might be some reality to it. But b- before we kind of dig into to jump into Jimmy Uso and his chapter, let's get some appreciation for Jay Uso and how he was an MVP of that time period. Like if you're gonna, yeah. If you're going to list people who were like, who were like the most viable players of WWE during the quarantine times, when you're talking about Performance Center, Thunderdome, Jay Uso has to be on that list because he was having bangers Absolutely, in that Thunderdome. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like he got put in that spot and he dropped the ball. He got yeah. put in that spot and he came through. It wasn't just in the ring, but also on the mic and in promos. Remember they did, uh, I think, a 24 special on him, and then we got to see like a whole different side of him. Remember those segments that he would do with Roman when Roman was sitting there in a chair and he's talking to him and stuff like that? Yeah. And Roman's yeah. sitting there looking straight forward like a, like, like a mob boss, and Rome, and Jay Uso's like, yeah, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. We got to see his like personality show. We got to see him right, blossom yep. a little bit as an individual. Yep. So he stepped up to the plate, and he knocked it out of the park. So shout out to Jay Uso for that. Jimmy Uso comes in. And the Usos, they reunite as a tag team, and they get back on the path of tag team dominance, which is where they were before he got hurt. He comes in, and they win, I believe, first to SmackDown tag team titles. Yeah. And they eventually merged them with the Raw tag team titles. They beat RK Bro, I believe, for the Raw tag titles. Unified those bad boys, and now, eventually, obviously, Roman wins the WWE Championship at WrestleMania in 2022 after... Man, it's been now over well over a year of Usos, Paul and, and Paul Hammond and Roman Reigns, as now they are all double champions. So this is early 2022, and we're like, they got everything now. Man. This is already a great group. To me, 2022 is when things get way better. <laughs> like 2021 yeah, was good. <laughs> and don't get me wrong 2021 of the Usos and Roman coming out with Paul Heyman and we hadn't really seen that type of star power that, that that star power vibe in a while and I remember saying like yo Roman's got something with this like because it was a long time before we had seen him in front of fans as this new yeah. tribal chief character that it went from August 2020 up through spring 2021 at Wrestlemania and then for another couple months still until like July of 2021 yeah. or June or whatever when WWE actually went back on the road f- full time again. So we had almost a year of the Tribal Chief without him in front of fans. So things g- build up in 2021 and things are going great. Don't get me wrong. 2022 rolls around and after WrestleMania, there's a directionless but happy it looked like there's a guy on the roster who doesn't really have any friends in the roster as far as storyline is concerned and that's Sami Zayn. he just had a wacky yet memorable match at wrestlemania against johnny knoxville where he got smacked in the face with a giant hand and all kinds of other hijinks jackass hijinks that were uh part of that match high profile match did a good job with it but now what with sammy he needs something to do he just lost to johnny knoxville <laughs> at the same time as high profile as it was, losing Johnny Knoxville isn't necessarily necessarily, you know, great if you want to try to win a world title next month or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't necessarily want to take that L. So what do you do? What what would Sami Zayn do? This heel, sniveling heel who would, you know, seemingly hang out with just whoever would accept him at this point. Well, he hung out with the dudes that was beating everybody up backstage, and that was the bloodline. <laughs> You join the winning side. They winning. They got all the belts. 
Nobody messes with him. I think the first, one of the first things he did when he approached Roman was acknowledge him. He's like, like, <laughs> he's like I acknowledge you. You're my tra- tribal chief. Like, he had all his bases covered. <laughs> he did. He it's really wanted to so be. So great, like, so, so subtle that you wouldn't even think about it now. But literally, that was the first time he approached Roman. I was like, I acknowledge you. You're my tribal chief. Like, it's incredible how great yeah. he was in the beginning. I mean, obviously the whole run, but in the beginning, that would, it feels like it was longer than just a year, but man, it's been incredible. It's been great. And Sami Zayn as a character, he had been through uh, multiple friends. He was teaming up with Shinsuke at one point. Uh, He was just out there doing stuff. But now he's like, I need some friends. He was getting a little, you know, big feud with Drew McIntyre. So he obviously needed some help. (laughs) Yeah, because he wasn't going to win that feud, obviously. So Sami Zayn, he's like, look, man, I want to be down. I want to be with the bloodline. Like, what's up? And he, like you said, he's acquiescing to all of Roman's demands. I acknowledge you, my tribal chief, all the things, right? And it's perfect because Sammy plays that character so well. He plays that person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, my tribal chief. Yeah, yeah. Like, just the way he speaks and the way he, like, kind of bows. And, like, he looks so sincere when he is in that mode. Like, you believe everything he says. He has those eyes. It's just a look on his face that he gives and, like, his mannerisms that, like, yeah, I can see him doing that. Like he's very, very believable, and it makes it really funny. It does because I think even around this time he he was supposed to face Drew McIntyre on like SmackDown, and he kept coming up with these injuries where like he would get out of it, and then I think that's why they or maybe he got counted out, and then that's why they did the lumberjack match. So he was doing all these things, and this was after the Jackass match, which was one of the better matches at WrestleMania, which was a great WrestleMania by the way, and then you have that. You have the the WrestleMania match, and then this thing with Drew McIntyre for a few weeks, where he's trying to get out of the match, versus like, all right, I'm just going to ask the Bloodline for help, basically, which is just like a great timeline for him too, because everything made sense with why he was doing what he was doing. Yeah, it just made perfect sense. He needed some friends, <laughs> right? So Sammy starts hanging out with the gang, and he's. I don't. Did he even have the honorary U shirt at first, or did he make his own? Like, <laughs> what it was? Nah, I don't even remember. Um, I think Roman gave him the one that said honorary U, so he probably had one that he like made himself. Right. But Roman was like, "Take that shirt off." I that one. I, I don't remember off the top of my head what it was. Right. But Sammy at one point would just start coming out with them, even yeah. though he wasn't technically a part of the group yet. <laughs> he would just come out with them and throw the the finger up. Cause that's another cool thing we we kind of miss, and and it's a part of Roman's entrance. And they was doing this in twenty twenty one. Is when he would put that finger up for the ones that we the ones thing. Mm-hmm. The whole crowd does it, and then you got Sammy out there doing it, and he looks ridiculous <laughs> alongside the bloodline. <laughs> but it was just so funny, and it was just like even though they were like opposites in character, but it just made perfect sense to have Sammy be this hanger on. For this group that's like rocking and rolling, they have, they had, they don't lose. The Usos haven't lost a match in like I don't know multiple years. But they don't lose. Roman hasn't lost obviously since he came back. 
and here's Sammy. <laughs> like, what? And because Sammy's so funny, it actually works. Yeah. It's like Sammy who does nothing but lose, you know, like... Right. I don't remember the last match he won. Yeah, he was the opposite of the, the Bloodline. Because yeah. Bloodline did nothing but winning. And Sami Zayn was a perpetual loser on, t- on screen. But even though Sami is this hanger on and he's kind of an out, he is an outside. He's not part of the family. He, Paul Hammond's not neither, but at least he's a wise man. He's a consigliere <laughs> to Roman's, you know, mob boss persona. And I he eventually even- gets. I think they even explained Paul's connection to the family when him and Roman first linked up. So um, everyone that was following from that point kind of knew the connection. So yeah. it was like almost like they were like, okay, Paul's like literally very close to the family, whereas Sammy isn't, and what's made that even better. Right. And eventually Sammy, he gets sort of accepted into the bloodline. Honorary use. Right, he's honorary. He's not full. He's honorary. Then Solo shows up <laughs> at Clash of Champ, Clash of the Castle. Ooh. He helps Roman Reigns beat Drew Ma- Drew McIntyre in was it Cardiff, Wales, at Clash yeah. of the Castle. Yep. So now there's a fifth member of the group, and I still think Sammy was technically a honorary yeah. member. Yeah, and and. It was funny because in the, in at that moment I was like, oh, do they really need Solo? Like he wasn't doing much in NXT, but by God, dude, if there's anyone in a different element, yeah, seriously, it's like every like you said it earlier, everyone involved it just got better. Like it, what was the how'd you put it? Like everyone got something out of this so far. Yeah, everybody, everybody's benefited. It? But like everybody, I would have never guessed because now yeah. he's literally like a focal point as well. Like yeah. just as much as Roman, he's you know, pretty we, much the the hitman. Yeah, you see that the at the end of the Rumble, where that I, you know obviously I missed it, where Romans you know tell Solo we're at war now, and that video yeah. is circulating now. Like I I missed that the first time. So fantastic! It's just incredible. Fantastic! For, and he's only been there a few months. Like, only been there since like September. Yeah. But as he, we guy who rarely talks, yeah. tweets sometimes. <laughs> he does tweet funny things sometimes. Uh, he's a, a central character in the group now, because he's the guy that Roman calls on when he wants something done. Somebody get Merc yeah. Solo. <laughs> Hit him with the spike, Samoan spike. But while that's while. Solo was there, and he he first came up as the NXT North American Champion. It took the belt off him. Now he's a full time member of the of the main roster. Sami Zayn is blossoming within this group, and he's now building a chemistry with Jimmy Uso. Where they developed a handshake, <laughs> which <laughs> is great. funny. With to me, Jimmy Uso is still like just a happy go lucky one. He's loyal to the family, but he liked Sammy because Sammy was fun. Who didn't like Sammy though? Was Jey Uso. Because Jey Uso was like, look, man, I earned my way into this group. Like, I saw my brother get choked out. That's how I got into it. And yeah, it's worked out, but I saw some traumatic stuff there. That was a real family squabble we had there. We still in counseling for that. But meanwhile, the goofy redhead over here, he just goofs his way into the group. What's up with this? 
And like if you like Jay Uso, I kinda understand. Like we the winning team. We got all the gold. We winning over here. We eating. Why are we letting homeboy in? He ain't do nothing to earn this. <laughs> what? <laughs> and Jay Uso was just angry Jay Uso for many, many months. There's so many meme reactions yeah. <laughs> to Jay Uso's facial expressions when Sami Zayn would do something. He'd just be like, What? No, he'd just be angry when uh, what what was it when Roman gave Sammy a shirt? Yeah, I forget what shirt it was. Was it was it like a Bloodline shirt or was I it, think was it was, the, was it Sam- the one that said honorary? Use. It was the honorary U shirt. Okay, yeah. when he gives Sammy Zayn the honorary U shirt. By the way, before in the lead up to it, you know when Roman started to talk down to Sammy, he's like, "Take that shirt off." Jay, like you could see Jay's expression change. He was happy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Hell yeah, let's go." And that is the great part of it because, like, he literally didn't leave any stone unturned. You know, like he he knows he's on camera. Obviously, you're in the middle of the ring, but um, it's something that you just gotta be aware of. And the fact that he's like, "Oh, now Sammy's gonna get it." And then I guess the honorary use shirt. That's one of the many memes I saved in my phone of his, uh, you know, facial expression after that. Oh my god, he's like. Really? Like you, you can just almost hear the meme. He just sucks, sucks his teeth. Like, really? Like what? The greatest. It was hilarious. What do you mean, Honorary? <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about? <laughs> Tremendous television. But the key moment to me, the best moment to me of that whole run, where Sammy is in the group, he's kind of honorary used, and Jay Uso hates his guts, <laughs> is the night. Where they're arguing in the ring, arguing in the ring, and Roman Reigns is looking at the cam- he's looking down, facing the camera, the hard camera, and Jay Uso and Sammy Uso, Sammy Uso, <laughs> Sammy Zayn, are behind him bickering back and forth. Sammy's like, "What's your problem?" And the tribal chief said, "We need to work together." And then Jay Uso hits everyone with the line of the year mm. when he goes, "I don't give a damn what the tribal chief said." And Roman Reigns looks up, and the, the way they shoot him, and then you hear everyone in the crowd go, ooh. Because yeah. to this point, everyone acquiesced to the tribal chief's demands. No questions asked. The only one that would remotely ask a question would be Jay. But there's been a long time between those skeptical days of Jay Uso and Roman Reigns and that sketchy relationship right. to what would have been October 2022 it had been a while since there had been some friction between them two so to hear jay uso burst out with that and like serious like i don't give a damn it's like it's re- it's not just like oh jay uso stepping out but it's also a reminder that jay uso is still pissed off about 2020 yep he's perfectly, still perfectly a malcontent done. in this group yep you you think this whole time it's jay's just mad at sammy for trying to infiltrate his family but maybe it's a uh, misdirected anger and that's the first time we see Jay mm. finally let that out a little bit. And it's really towards Roman for allowing this to happen. Not only allowing this to happen, but also, like you said, a year, two years prior when he was going one-on-one against Roman. So, man, just perfect and, storytelling, man. And that's the thing. They could have just for, glossed over that. Like, Vince McMahon... Could have he would have glossed over that and be like that's in the past. Jay is a loyal soldier now, so is Jimmy, and this is all about Roman and whatever. Instead, they still keep the Jay Uso thing alive because it keeps him relevant. 
Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy, by proxy, Jimmy's still relevant because they're twins and they're tag team. So if Jay is pissed off, what's going to happen with Jimmy? Man, it's so good. It is. And that yeah. was, again, the best. That was and one of my favorite moments all year on television for WWE. And, and it's one of the, my favorite moments all year in a while on WWE TV. Because yeah. the way said, they shot it and the way the crowd reacted and everybody in the ring was like, oh. <laughs> and the way Roman looked up like, somebody defied me? What? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah! Somebody dared to fire the tribal chief? Did I hear defiance amongst my ranks? <laughs> and the, the great part about Roman is that when he has those reactions, you think he's going to start, you know, beating people up or whatever, but he doesn't. He just like confronts them, and that's part of the greatness of it. And you said it too. The way they shot it, oh my god, Kevin Dunn, I hate you, but that was a great way you shot it as well. Um, Roman's reaction and. Jay being like, ah, damn, like, I probably should have not said that. But then Sammy, <laughs> but, you know, you Sammy just being like, you know what? Jay didn't mean that. You know, like, coming to his yeah. defense. Just everything about it. It's like, Sammy could have easily just given up on Jay. And then you hear, you see that, like, after War Games, Jay finally says, you know, you're the only one that never gave up on me, which is also probably a callback to the beginning of this whole thing where. He's literally saying Roman gave up on me. You know, mm. like I, I have like that. We still haven't seen that play out. But the fact that Jay used those words, you're the only one that never gave up on me. Obviously. My God. Yeah. Just incredible. It's deep. It is, man. It's deeper than rap. That's the, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, like when this whole thing explodes, Jay Uso is going to be a huge baby face. Right. Because this, the story, obviously, you start out, you know, Roman is the central figure. And it's him and Jay. They're beefing. Okay, then you get on the same page. So now it's just really Roman is the central figure. And then you enter Sammy and you enter Solo. But then this, the focus shifts to Sammy and his trials and tribulations to trying to prove himself in the bloodline. So that's another thing about the story is that it's taken multiple chapters, but everyone has gotten their time to shine in some way, shape, or form. And even though maybe Solo hasn't shined brightest just yet, he hasn't been the central center of a story and maybe the same for jimmy i feel like that time is coming and i trust this story to pay everything off and to wrap up each person's kind of arc in this because they all have one they all have somewhere to go they're not just again not just not scott norton just hanging out and having matches <laughs> what was a scott norton story in the nwo that you cared about not not a one not one Again, granted, he was like the 12th guy in the group, and this group only has five wrestlers and a manager. But is it five? Well, yeah, it's five wrestlers and a manager. But so there's six people, but like, it's still, that's still more people than WWE, than Vince McMahon that really would pay attention to in some groups. Like, if it's more than four, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right? Everybody's got their moment to shine, but the fall was really about Sami Zayn. Fall 22, 2022 was about Sami Zayn trying to prove his worth and his acceptance into the bloodline. However, there's a little guy named Kevin Owens in this story as well. who's in Sami's ear like, yo, they don't really bang with you like that. And it's funny because we all knew when they popped up in the ring together, and I forget the exact time period that happened. When Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn popped in the ring together, and we all kind of saw it coming. When they had that conversation, it's like, hey. They don't really like you like that. Like, they're using you. And they're going to turn on you one day. Same with, like, ah, get out of here. Mm. We all knew what was going to happen. Yep. 
We all saw it coming. We've seen it coming for months. And even back then, you can listen to the podcast. I'm like, we know where this is going, but I'm going to enjoy this ride getting there because it's great. Who else would play this role as the person to try to talk some sense into Sammy and, and except his best real life friend, Kevin Owens, who who's been his real life, who's been his best friend on screen and off screen. Man, it just it just fell into place easily. Yeah, and it hadn't been they hadn't been friends on screen in a while, so it's kind of it's almost like once they introduce Kevin Owens, you're like, oh yes, like yep, here's another thing to look forward to. It's another wrinkle. Yep, it's another wrinkle. That leads us. They did a really good job and kind of playing that out too. They didn't, uh, you know, they they obviously war games. Um, I I think it was once, uh, you know, they. officially announced war games was going to happen to survivor series we do okay the bloodline definitely has to be in there of course um and then you could kind of like mix and match i think we could have assumed drew mcintyre was going to be there kevin owens and then you just kind of fill in the rest but uh which wound up being the brawling brutes which is which I, I was cool and, with my god that was a great match uh it, the whole story was about sammy uh Suppo- supposed to prove himself, but even that wasn't enough for Roman. Like that's well, l- before we kind of move past this War Games match. Which uh, before, well, let me just make a point here, real quick. We're talking about this. Is probably the one of the first matches we're really going to talk about. But really, we haven't really talked about a bunch of matches or what happened in the match. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. just storyline beats within, the, like that happens at the end of these matches. I don't remember any of the moves that happened at, during Roman Reigns and Jey Uso's matches at Clash of the Champions or Hell in the Cell. But I vividly remember Roman Reigns forcing Jey Uso to join the group by beating up his brother. <laughs> okay, And I also vividly remember Sami Zayn kicking Sammy, uh, Kevin Owens in, in the groin, uh, low, giving him a low blow, and then serving him up for Jey Uso to hit the splash and to pin him. And then once they realized, oh, Sammy did it, and he was. He had multiple points in that match. The MVP. He saved multiple people in that match. Jey Uso finally accepts Sammy yeah. to the group. And the crowd <laughs> pops for it. Because we had been we had been watching for multiple months at this point. Sammy trying to get acceptance into this group. And Jey Uso being the biggest attractor. This went on for months, folks. And for it to finally happen, it was like, even though this is the bad guy group, and they just cheated to win again. Well, not really cheated because it's the war games, but you know, it wasn't the most uh, classy way to win. They popped because <laughs> it's like it was so long and it was so good. The people got behind Sammy. They wanted him to feel that love and to get and to gain that that acceptance. That's a wild thing. There should have been heat. There should have been people throwing stuff in the ring. <laughs> Instead, people were like, yay, Sammy's been accepted now. <laughs> and that's obviously partly due to the people's appreciation of the story. But also, it's like, yeah, that's it, it meant a lot to everybody involved. And, and, and it's also partially because the way they acted it out. Jey Uso you felt his emotion when he's like, you're my guy. Yeah, he w- it was funny because... He showed way more appreciation for Sammy than like Jimmy ever did, <laughs> you know. Like, and, and Jimmy, Jimmy and Sammy were cool, you know. They had the right. handshake, but Jay's like jumping up and hugging him and stuff. He's like, "Yeah, baby, like you the man." Like, 
way more emotion than Jimmy ever showed. So that was great. And has Jimmy ever too. has Jay ever been that way towards Roman? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> and again, there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. He don't like Roman secretly. <laughs> he been secretly hating on Roman the whole time. Yep. He just been sucking it up because he wants to make some bread, and that's understandable. He wants to keep the peace at you know at Thanksgiving and Christmas every year. Right. Yep. You know, keep the peace amongst the, amongst the tribe. You know, he's a tribal chief. All right, whatever. It's cool, but eventually he's going to get tired of his nonsense. <laughs> All right? But for now, Sammy's in the group. I don't is he still a full-fledged member or they was Roy Rumble still no, like the was, final he still, test? He was still honorary because I was still honorary. He bumped into Kevin Owens in the backstage area and I believe it was Jimmy that saw it. And Jimmy told Jay and then told Roman. So Jimmy was, you know, kind of the reason why Sammy was never brought in because he saw that or heard that, you know, Kevin and Sammy were talking, let Roman know, which is why Roman was like, you know what? You know, they they had that big ceremony that was going to happen. Sammy got all dressed up, you know, he put (laughs) his hair in a bun. And he's like, eh, not just yet. And then that's when they set up the tag team match for uh, right before New Year's against John Cena and Kevin Owens, which, oh, Sammy got pinned. Roman didn't get pinned. <laughs> Roman didn't lose that match. Sammy lost that match. Mm-hmm. So it's like another beautiful wrinkle in that story. That, and another layer. Like, oh, Jimmy overheard this. And, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, we, you know, Sammy was talking to KO. So, so many layers. Roman still couldn't trust Sammy. So many layers that they've delved into mm-hmm. with the story with each person in the group. And I think the whole time Paul Heyman just hated Sammy. <laughs> like, I feel like Paul Heyman all, was always giving these, you know, faces when he would approach Sammy backstage <laughs> or when Sammy was about to go in the Bloodlines locker room and, and Paul stopped him. And then Sammy would walk away and Paul would have this face and always like, okay, like Paul's definitely not a, a Sammy fan. <laughs> right. Without saying much. Just his facial expressions. Yep. Uh, but again, war games happened. The match itself was fine, but the finish was incredible. So now it looks like it's all, you know, it's roses for Kevin, for Sami Zayn now. But like you said, not quite yet. Because now we're up to the Royal Rumble. We're up to at least Royal Rumble time. But now we're, we're witnessing the, the tribal court for Sami Zayn. Is he going to be in the bloodline? Is he going to be out? And Paul Heyman presents his evidence. And it's damning. It's all real footage at the WWE shot. <laughs> which we talked about. It's like this is rewarding everyone for sticking with this for now two and a half years. Right? And yeah, it's really like specifically we the last. And like, then they finally bring it back. It's like yes. yes. Right. <laughs> it's really just like last like eight months with Sammy, Eight, nine months. But like. Still, even going that far back is a long time for WWE standards. Yes. But then when it's time for Sammy to defend himself, he doesn't. But who does? Of all the people who defends him, it's Jay Uso, who we've seen before is willing to make sacrifices to help his family. And he views Sammy as family now. That's his brother now. Right? After war games, they tight. Yep. He presents all the evidence. And it's put Sami Zayn damn near in tears. 
how did you not feel that as a fan when they show when they aired all those things that he did and they shot Sammy's face and the fans' reaction is like, oh, <laughs> like that's great. What? Meanwhile, it, the it, videos that they showed the, was him helping his friends cheat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, it, it's almost you see Sammy toward this whole thing where he just doesn't want to defend himself. It's almost like he's just fed up with Roman almost. It's like, how much more do I have to prove? Like, really? So I ha- I'm not defending myself. And then Jay comes in. Like, that's what I got from that. Yeah. And obviously we saw it through a rumble. You know, he just had enough. But when he finally, he just felt defeated. He's like, Am I, I'm never going to be yeah. a member of this family. Because he's, like, <laughs> he's given so much of himself yep. to this family. You see all of, all the footage you know he's getting beat up saving the usos and, and all sammy wants is acceptance and yeah. that's why people rock with sammy yeah because even though yeah it's acceptance into a nefarious group and they cheat and you know they're mean people but we all have we can empathize with someone wanting to be accepted for who they are because he loves them i just want you to love me back I showed you time and time again how much I love you. Just love me the same. We can all empathize with that. Because you can empathize with the fact that if you don't get that love reciprocated, it hurts. So you see in Sammy, he's so hurt, he doesn't even have the energy to defend himself. He's like, what more can I do? Mm -hmm. And that's why it made Jey Uso stepping up more impactful. Because it's like, man... I must have really had a good impact on this guy. He didn't even like me. He recognized it. It's nice to be recognized. People empathize with that, man. They can relate to that. Sammy's a very relatable character and within this story. Because, again, he just wants to be accepted. And whether it's into a nefarious group or accepted in society for who you are, wherever that, you know, whoever you may be, that's a, you know, that's a lot to go through. It's an emotional thing. We all want to be accepted in some way, shape, or form. You know, whether you're a part of, you want, you want to be a part of something. You want to be a part of a community. You want to be a part of that sense of belonging. No matter what it is. It could be uh, a family. It could be a, you know, a, a fan club. It doesn't matter. You want that acceptance. That's all Sammy wants at the end of the day. But he also has some slither of morals. And that's the problem. <laughs> and Roman, I think, knew that. Because Roman, as has he's proven in the past, specifically by choking out his cousins, beating them up, and forcing them to join him, he really doesn't have any morals. And the World Rumble was a reminder of that. Because I think, even though Roman gets babyface pops, and I think he's going to make a tremendous babyface once this is said and done, He's still a bad guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's still very evil. And we saw just how far he would go again. As another reminder at the War Rumble in 2023. When they are beating the daylights out of Kevin Owens. And he's like, I'm about to smash his face in with this chair. And Sammy stops him. Because Sammy has a slither of, he's a slither of hope. He's a slither of moral, morality. Specifically for his homie. Who he said, like, yeah. remember when they first encountered each other when he was in the bloodline? He's like, yeah, he used to be kind of like my best friend or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Try to downplay the fact that he was his best friend. 
And, and, then, and then the Usos like, get your mans, bro. Like, get, this your guy? This your boy? Yeah. Really and, get your boy. <laughs> and the funny thing is, and one of these, I forget exactly what it was, but uh, when Sammy said on the mic, you know, in front of Roman, just because he's my best friend, and it's like, is. Like, mm-hmm. he is your best friend. And then he, he corrects himself. He's like, was my best friend. Like, right. that's another wrinkle. In, and it's not like something that is paid much attention to but it, it's enough of a hint a clue that you know the story's still ongoing you know kind of where the end's gonna wind up but yep. here's another reason why Sami Zayn is just never gonna fully just leave Kevin Owens you know like they're they're bonded they're bonded right. for life so um you know he had a you know, fix his wording in front of Roman, and that was just like another <laughs> great thing where he's like Kevin Owens is my friend. I mean, was my best was. friend. Was <laughs> that was my partner? We not partners no more. Psych. We still partners. <laughs> I still love him because Sami Zayn got his ass whooped for doing that to Roman Reigns, hitting him in the back of the and in the back with the chair. Which again, they could have done this a million ways. There's so many ways that WWE could have done Sammy splitting off from the group. They could have done it with Roman Reigns hitting Sammy first. Instead, they had Sammy hit Roman because, again, his morals kicks in. It's his best friend. I think they were the best men in each other's weddings or something like that. He is the one who steps up for his friend. But he also is does it in the same fashion that Seth Rollins turned on Roman back in 2014. They took something from eight years ago, nine years ago. He said, we're going to replay that again. That is beautiful. <laughs> like, what? And, and you think maybe in the back of your mind, maybe that Seth turning on Roman created a monster and Roman said that he's like, I'm never going to let that happen again, which is why he's so he was so abusive towards Jay and uh, Sammy, really. And then he gets it again. You know, like, what Roman are we going to see now? Um, I mean, we saw it after that, directly after. But Yeah. You're going to see probably a paranoid Roman Reigns on SmackDown. And he's going to be watching his back because he got to. He got hit. He got stabbed in the back at, at the War Rumble. They're at war now. <laughs> and they're at war. Man. We they went to war games already. That wasn't war. They're at war again. Yeah, yeah. man. Or like proved a, himself. You know, they were like, like a gang. It's like a like a like a mob. Like a mob. It's like sometimes you gotta go to war, man. There's gonna be casualties yeah. <laughs> in these streets. It's it's tremendous. It's tremendous. And again, we gotta, we gotta relive this because that the, pop is one of the biggest pops I ever. Had. Even those lines are important from Roman Reigns. You have to understand the severity of what he's thinking. This is his life. That's important stuff. Mm. Stares him down with this scowl on his face. And Jay Uso is just heartbroken. Yeah. 
And Jimmy Uso's like, that's your brother? I'm your brother. And WWE didn't shoot that, by the way, him saying that. We just had to hear, pick that up on the mic ourselves because they missed that. Very important storyline beat because all these characters and stories came to a, a fork in the road at this at the Royal Rumble. You got Sami Zayn making a decision. He's going to ride with the bloodline or go with his homie. He went with his homie. Jey Uso, who is all about Sami, that's his guy. He looks at Sami, gets kicked and chopped down by his home, by the bloodline and he's so disgusted by it he leaves and you can see the look in his face as he looks up at rome and he's like i i man you are sorry son of a like i don't like you mm-hmm. i you my family you my blood but i oh man i don't like you bro you are not a good person <laughs> like that's what he's thinking when he's walking away, Roman, you have crossed the line because that was our brother in his eyes. You can do that with everybody else, but you can't. You shouldn't do that with Sammy because Sammy's done everything. So now it's like, now as soon as that happened, you instantly re- re- remember Jay Uso has been angry this whole time, and is going to come back to he's angry at Roman, <laughs> same person he was angry with two, three years ago now. It's coming back. Then you got Jimmy Uso. That was another layer to this. Because his brother is like, oh, Sammy's my brother. And he's making all these sacrifices for him. He's leaving the ring. It's like, yo, bro, what about me? I'm your twin brother. I'm your legit brother. <laughs> from the sandbox. From the, from, <laughs> from, the, from the cradle. Me and you. Literally since day one. That's literally the name of their song. <laughs> Down since day one. So he's mad at his own brother. Probably. He's going to be jealous. You don't think there's a little jealousy when him and Sam, when Jay and Sammy won the titles or retained the titles at Raw 30 in Philly last week? That had to have played something, right? Mm. This is wrestling. We know how this thing goes. Of course, Paul Heyman, he's vindicated because he knew all along. <laughs> Solo, he's just riding. He's down for the cause. <laughs> and then next month, or sometime, I forget when this show is, but Elimination Chamber, it's in two Montreal. Weeks. Is it two weeks? It's in two weeks. So they have to Damn. set something up tomorrow or on SmackDown, you would think. You would think. Hopefully, but that's, you know. That show is in Montreal. Yeah. And that just so happens to be the hometown of Sami Zayn. Yeah. And Kevin Owens. Yeah. I definitely don't think you can replicate what the crowd would be at Elimination Chamber if you had Reigns versus Sammy uh, there than if you had it at WrestleMania, even though WrestleMania obviously is a bigger crowd. And you heard that pop in San Antonio, but, dude, it's Montreal, you know. Listen. <laughs> yeah, and it's a smaller arena. You're going to get loud. They, listen, there might this be loud the whole be, damn match if that This is going to be CM Punk and John Cena in 2011 at Money yeah. in the Bank, but yeah. way better. Yeah. For multiple reasons. The story is better. Yeah. We're way more invested in these characters. Even though people did like CM Punk at that point, don't get me wrong. I'm way more invested in Sami Zayn as a character. Way more invested in Roman Reigns as a character. That if they when they do that, when they announce that, that's gonna be the most emotionally charged main event in a while on WWE. 
Cause this is mold, this is months in the making. Yep. If Cody wasn't around, this could easily be the WrestleMania main mm-hmm. event because they've invested that much time into it. Mm-hmm. You don't invest this much time into an elimination chamber match. Generally, usually, <laughs> usually, right? You don't build up to elimination chamber for eight months. You know what I'm saying? At least WWE hasn't had a track record of that. No. But this is where we are. So you got the fact that we're invested, but also we're in Montreal. Who, you know, if you follow wrestling, you know, the fans of it, they're, they're passionate about their wrestling up there. Specifically, when it comes to somebody they consider their own, going against, you know, somebody else who's not from there. You know, like 97 with Bret Hart. You know, he's not yeah. from Montreal. He's not from Quebec. But he's Canadian. Sammy's from Montreal. <laughs> he's from Quebec. It's going to be white hot in that arena that night. And, man, I'm interested to see where it goes. I got theories on where it might go. But regardless, because of everything we've talked about on this episode, I'm here for it. Yeah, and I think even uh, a wrinkle a lot of people haven't mentioned that, I mean, maybe it was uh, just Kevin doing whatever, but I or maybe it's just me overanalyzing, but when he was strung up on the ropes and they started beating up Sammy, he started stirring a little bit and moving his legs a little bit. Like he almost wanted to fight off the Usos uh, or fight off Jimmy and Solo and Roman uh, while they were beating up Sammy, but he was so like beat up. You know, they beat him up so bad that he couldn't even like get up. But maybe he was just moving his legs a little bit. Maybe trying to kick at him or something. Um, but not even forceful, just like, you know, like, stop, <laughs> you know, get off him. And I'm wondering, you know, when they finally reunite, you know, it's got to be in Montreal, right? You know, you can't you can't really wait. You can't do it tomorrow. I, I keep saying tomorrow. I hope this podcast will be up by then. But um, this week's SmackDown, you know, I, I don't know if they – I would hope they don't do it there. You got to save – a reunion yeah. like that for Montreal, man. You got to save that for Montreal. Imagine, imagine the pop. Just, it's going to be white hot. We haven't seen crowds like this at WWE events in so long. And it's so cool. Over, oh, yeah, <laughs> right? it is. And it's so cool to know, like, really to anticipate is. an yeah. atmosphere again. Like, this is this is it. This is the heat that we want in wrestling. This is right here. This anticipation, this is what rest to me, wrestling is not just about the matches. Obviously, matches are important, and I love to watch a great match. But it's that anticipation, it's that emotion, it's that, uh, it's just that feeling that's like, man, something big is about to happen. That's where it's at. That's the money for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why this has captivated myself and you and so many others for the, I don't know, multiple years. Because, again... Everybody has some skin in the game involved with this story. And they've affected so many other people, too. They they pretty much just go to Raw and just beat everybody up on Raw. <laughs> Roman's not there. They just beat everybody up. The whole Raw roster hates them. They've beaten up Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, the Brawling Brutes. Who else is next? Who else is on SmackDown that they've vanquished? Brock Lesnar, you know, he's not technically on SmackDown, but... Vanquished him. Like, there's just so many people that they've affected and they've come across. And Kevin Owens is in that periphery. You know, 
I think Riddle was in there for a little bit. Randy Orton's in there before Randy Orton got hurt. And Seth Rollins is in that. Remember when Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns went up against each other and Seth came out in the old shield garb? Yeah. Kind of made Roman a babyface in that match, too. Yeah. Um, because he's always messing with Roman. So it's been so many people affected. But this last eight months or so have just elevated this to a whole nother level that no one saw coming. And that we're sitting here celebrating on one of our podcasts because it's so good. And the thing is, the best part about it, it's not over yet. <laughs> it is already being hailed by us and many others as like, it's an all-timer. It's a classic already. Yes. And we haven't even seen it. Th- that match that we're talking about in Elimination Chamber hasn't even been officially announced. We know it's probably going to get announced. And we're still still here for it that's when it's great i know some people go like oh it's so predictable and uh, yeah. nobody's worried about predictable when it's good because right. we could predict it six seven months ago that they were going to turn on sammy at some point sammy's gonna get his ass whooped by the bloodline at some point we all knew it but again we said back then we're here for this we are here for this i'm on for the i'm along for the ride let's go you got me because the bloodline story was good on its own and then they introduced Kevin Owens to it. And it's like, okay, yeah. now, all right, and yeah, it's been good ever since. It has Owens even has his own history with Roman, so it's not even. It, you add Sammy into that, and you <sighs> can definitely buy the the paranoia from the family. It's like, but you guys were like best friends forever. So it's like, no, no, no. Like, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> right. like, I'm with you guys now. It's like, wait a second. Like, okay, and that that's just great in and of itself. And somehow, out of this story, we're going to get a babyface Sami Zayn at the height of his babyface powers. <laughs> like, not just babyface Sami, and he's in the mid-car toiling. He's like, people are firmly behind Sami. And the thing is, somehow, WWE has done this and not gotten any heat on Cody. That's the beauty of it. And, Not you know, yet. They booked, they booked that Rumble very well. It wasn't a great Rumble all overall, but you put that men's Rumble first, you ensure that... And, and Cody on Monday, like, the crowd was so into him. Into him. Like, they're already advertising Roman versus Cody at Mania, and it's not being, you know, turned on. Because I do think... People just want that payoff of Sammy and Roman. They know yeah. Sammy's not going to win the title, so but we've just been give along us that payoff before Cody and Roman, and that's yeah. just as good. Even if it's not Sammy winning the title, which is probably not going to happen, the story has been so well told is that people would just accept the bow on the story, especially if it's Sammy and Kevin Owens winning the tag titles. Right. Even though that sounds like in theory like a consolation that sounds like a Vince McMahon move like this white hot story and like he did with Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho oh this hot story here's the U.S. title jumps and give the the, the universal title which Kevin Owens had I'm gonna give that to Brock and Goldberg no he said people are not viewing it that way they are so invested in everyone involved Sammy Kevin Owens the Usos Roman that we're just watching the story and want to see these two guys you know, build their friendship on screen and all this and have this happy moment. Don't know what's going to go after that. But in the short term, it is going to be tremendous. And you see that the, the changes that they made creatively have had an effect on this. You got to think about this. 
when Triple H took over, it was about middle of last year, <laughs> right? About the time Sammy started messing around with the bloodline. And he, it's August was when he, when uh, Triple H fully took over. But I don't think Sammy was coming out with Roman at that point. I don't know if he's there at SummerSlam. I could be wrong. But since Triple H took over, this story got exponentially better. Am I am I tripping? I mean, a lot of the subtleties were started. I started picking up on yeah around that time. So maybe it was like, and it, they could have just been one liners week after week. This promo on SmackDown and a one liner that you're like, oh, keep that in the back of your mind. And a Raw like a one liner, keep that in the back of your mind. That facial expression, keep that in the back of your mind. You know that's yeah. That's when a lot of people started. Uh, you know. That was the talk of social media like the whole time. And even during that Phillies playoff run when they were in the World Series, which oh, is when man. they had that Usi, you know, promo in the middle of the ring and Roman was laughing, Jay was laughing. <laughs> um I think that was like the peak of uh Sammy and <laughs> Roman at, maybe like I don't want to say that was on purpose because it definitely didn't look on purpose. Um but maybe that's when they're finally like, okay, Roman's definitely not going to let this guy in, but we're going to tease it, tease it, tease it. And um, Roman versus Sammy is going to be huge. And maybe yeah. that's, uh, I mean, if you say it like that, you think it's a WrestleMania main event, but they probably already had Montreal booked by then. And I mean, maybe, but it just, I say it's WrestleMania worthy only because they've invested so much time. It's WrestleMania it's worthy because a- of the, the story, but like right. the match probably wouldn't be that great. It but might be heat, though, because the heat, the heat would be like Hogan. Yeah, <laughs> right. The heat around it, and it's not just the heat, but also you forget Roman and Sammy can work. So you got the heat, but then they can take advantage of that with their ability and their talent. That match, I feel like, is going to be a classic. Sammy Zayn's facial expressions, that emotion, and Roman cutting him off, and you know, giving see, him hope, I, and cutting. We him. might not even see Sammy on SmackDown uh, until if they announce that. Maybe Roman challenges him, and we don't see Sammy until the Elimination Chamber. That might make mm. it even better, man. If we don't see Sammy until I'm that. here for it. I'm just so here for it. So again, to wrap up to this episode here, we're running long. It's it's an incredible story, for, especially like you by said, wrestling still standards. Going. Oh, it's man. still going, and it's a really fun story to recount because you can talk about each character's motivations clearly and sensibly. We don't have to go, well, why would he do that? Well, why would he do this? Which we've done with countless other stories and characters over the years. Yeah. Uh, just listen to our deep dives and we go, why in the hell would he do that? <laughs> just, you know, And that goes across wrestling history. There's been times that have ha- that's happened. People do nonsensical things. But in this story, every everybody's motivations make sense. Even Romans, to a certain extent, even though he's a psychopath <laughs> as, a, as a character. <laughs> But he's trying to make sure, in his mind, he's the reason why the family eats, even though that's not true in reality. <laughs> but in the frame of the story, he is the reason why everybody eats. He's the one that puts the food on the table. And he has to keep it that way at all costs. At the end of the day, Roman is a family man, <laughs> right? And you may not agree with his methods, but I'm watching like The Last of Us and The Walking Dead, and you see when the chips are down, you got to look out for your own. And Roman's one of those types of people. I'm looking out for my people, and by any means. 
So I've seen people like that before. I've seen villains like that before. It. I understand that completely. I understand Sammy. He wants to be accepted. I understand Jay. He's got a little, little bit of jealousy of Roman. He doesn't like to be forced and told to do things. He's got his own aspirations. He wants to be champ. He thinks he's capable. Right? And he doesn't want to be held down by his cousin just because of the family. He wants that shine too. Jimmy just wants a family. <laughs> Jimmy also just wants to be cool and have a family. But maybe he might reveal his own motivations. That's time. And Solo, he's here just here to destroy people and be with Rome and be with the family. But there's going to be time for him to blossom as well. So, and then Paul Heyman is Paul Heyman. He's he he's the wise man. He's the consigliere. He's looking out for the best interests of primarily Roman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all Usos, y'all Kutu, Solo, y'all y'all dope. But y'all y'all also are here for Roman. We all serve him. Okay. So uh, we understand their motivations. Is they look cool? That's another thing apart part about this too that we haven't talked about. You see, like the young bucks and the elite, they look ridiculous when they come out. Sometimes, <laughs> the, the bloodline does not. Even Sammy, he fell in line too with the whole the black shirt, black pants kind of motif. The fly sneaks. You gotta have the fly sneaks. Just Roman be walking out in Jays every week. You know the, the Usos they wrestle in forces every week. Um, so. You gotta have the fly kicks. You gotta have, you know, you look current, and that's what we talk about for years. Like you need guys that look like they belong in the 21st century. Like they dress like outside of Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins can do what he wants, but you can't have the wrestlers come out all the time in t-shirt and trunks. Like remember that? That was like the the promo attire for years in WWE. Is t-shirt and trunks, right? Nobody wore pants. Randy Orton went years without wearing pants. Yep. Still doesn't wear pants on TV. <laughs> he just comes out. Well, he comes out with a hoodie on, with sleeveless hoodie on. He wore, he wore the pants when he was in Evolution. And that was it. After that was that, it. That was it. <laughs> From then on, it was trunks because they were always wearing suits. Right, but they look current. They look hip. They look like people that mm-hmm. you would see walking down the street. You know, in any city. So they got the look down. They got the vibe down. They don't do the goofy, silly stuff. No goof. I mean, they, they kind of did, but everybody was laughing at the the, the outtake <laughs> kind of things, the blooper kind of things they were doing. They were breaking each other on camera, but that was actually that was actually funny. The whole Usi thing was actually funny, and it was funny because they took themselves so seriously for so long, and then here comes Sammy, and now he's <laughs> he's messing up the flow. And they're not as serious anymore. He's like he's not feeling Usi. It's like where the hell, like Usi, right? Like, how do you come up with that? <laughs> So it, everything has just worked. They got the vibes. They got the swag, and they're all really talented. And then you got the the people, the, you know, the the minds behind it. Whether you're talking about Triple H or the other creative team, I'm sure Paul Heyman has a say in what's going on. He's involved, so I'd imagine. But you know, remember WWE hired like a long term creative person. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that person has helped as well. Because they're doing things that we just haven't seen on tel- on WWE television in a long time or ever. So to me, it's up there as far as how they've told it, how they executed, everyone benefiting in some way. It's man, it gets I, I, passing marks for me all across the board. So uh, to wrap it up, tremendous storyline. Any final thoughts from you, Nick, about this whole story? And again, the story that's not even over yet. We still got more chapters to write in this book. It's not over, and I think once it once it runs its course, we've already seen characters that can stand on their own. 
in WWE. Yep. It's just a matter of how they're booked. So um, once this finally runs its course, you got Solo that can go on a run. Obviously, Roman's going to be Roman until he goes away. Um, Usos, they can you could have made event Jay Uso, literally holding the a title if you want. Like that's how good he's been. Jimmy, same thing. You have story there. Jimmy versus Jay, maybe, or they're still together. Who knows? And obviously, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Um, you know, you, they could do whatever at this point, and it's going to be over. Um, you just hope that WWE doesn't creatively uh, mess it up at some point. Um, but as of right now, each character, you, you split them You split them off right now, like any one of them could just rise to the top. It's, it's incredible that that booking has been able to do that yeah. for so long. This is going to be something We're that we remember. Not used to remember. it WWE. We're not used to it. <laughs> no, but this is something that we're going to remember for a long time. And we're going to look back on with fondness and dare I say might even want to watch every segment like week to week segment. You may not want to watch the shows back again, but like if somebody were to cobble together all the segments involving the bloodline, people would watch that because it's oh, that yeah. compelling. Oh, yeah, And we've already pretty much eclipsed the NWO angle. Uh, it's I been going so. on longer than that than the. The really good NWO angle. I know. Not, th- I'm not talking about NWO 2000. I'm not talking no. about that crap. Like the NWO had a bigger impact. Obviously, it's harder. I don't, hard mean, to I have don't a, mean better. I just mean right. like uh, time wise. You know, it's but been I, I would almost, say it's a almost two and a half years. So. I would argue it's just as quality or better quality than the NWO story because I don't discount the 2000 stuff. I count all of that. To me, that's part of the evidence of how that story deteriorated over time. Where this one has not. And even though that went longer, that if you count 2000, we're talking about four years, probably too long. That's WCW's fault. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. WWE should do the smart thing and not keep this going for too long before it gets stale. It's still not stale yet. You got WrestleMania as a perfect opportunity as a way to at least, at the very least, take a dramatic shift in that group and in this story. Even if, and it's not going to be intact, Sammy's out of the group. So even if you do something with Solo leaves or one of the Usos leave or something like that, Something has to happen there. I think WrestleMania would be a good time to make that shift or the night after or something like that. It's a convenient place for you to hit kind of a reset button, give it a refresh. But I would say, again, quality-wise, I think it's on par, if not better. I don't know. There's a lot of misses in the NWO. Like I said, I count that later, those later year stuff because that's they, they were called the NWO. <laughs> like They kept that story alive for multiple years, multiple years past its expiration point. For this one... No misses. Not yet. Yeah. Can't yeah. jinx it. <laughs> Obviously, again, NWO had bigger impact, but this one, I think, pound for pound, is one of the best. And I'll again, say, it's going to be one of the few stories, in, especially in the recent years, that will actually make you go, you know what? I might watch that again. Because there might be things in there, like you said, like the little subtle lines and yeah. one line is that we might have missed that we didn't pay attention to before. Mm-hmm. And that leads into the larger narrative of in this arc but you know for some for all the people involved so yeah this is again high marks for me no doubt about it but let's wrap it up for episode 353 i believe it's 353 right yeah <laughs> there we go i forgot the number of leave the episode we've been talking <laughs> you can leave it in it's fine wrap it up for 353 episode 353 of the straight shooter so nick please 
Take us out with some plugs, please. Follow us at The Shooters Pod on Twitter and on Facebook, The Shooters Pod. You can also follow me at underscore Pacone on Twitter. Check out foxphlgambler.com. We did our Royal Rumble Roundtable last week. If you want to go back and listen to that, it's on the line change at foxphlgambler.com. And check out phillyinfluencer.com. And I'll leave you with this. 2022 Philadelphia Eagles are the bloodline angle. They're so damn good. Okay. They still got to prove it in Super Bowl. <laughs> like, oh, they will. They still got to prove it. You know, don't don't count the eggs before they hatch kind of thing. Oh, I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> uh, I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. You can find me there. Find me out here in these streets. Next week, it'll be the streets of Arizona, Phoenix, Glendale area. So you can find me out there. Uh, professional tweets will be at Philly Inquirer and on Instagram at Philly Inc. Sports. So check us out on both of those platforms and all the platforms the Inquirer has to offer. Again, if you're out there, come holler at me. I'll be out there, you know, roaming the streets, trying to talk to people, do some fun social content things. Talk. I might be running up on you with a camera and a mic asking you some questions, some silly things. Well, let's have fun while we're out there. You, you know, Usi? I'm feeling Usi, Juicy, all that. You got to do that. You got to ask people that. We got to get swaggy out there. Let's go. Let's have some. Let's have a good time out there in Phoenix, Glendale area. I mean, win or lose, it's a Super Bowl. And how many people get to be even in the same city as a Super Bowl? So let's enjoy it. Come join come join your board and the rest of the crew at the Inquirer. Let's have some fun on the social media channel. So, again, I'll be out there bopping around a little bit trying to get some stuff done. So uh, come holler at me. But uh, you can holler at us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the shooters pod. You can subscribe to some exclusive content. You can also request a future deep dive. Whether it's a storyline or an event or any type of wrestling medium. It could be a wrestling-related movie like I've said it for years, like Santa with Muscles. We actually did a deep dive on Santa with Muscles. But anything else wrestling-related, go check us out. Put in the request at patreon.com slash pod, And we will fulfill that request and we'll invite you to do a cameo, to make a cameo on the show to talk about the content that we're diving deep into. Again, patreon.com slash the shooters pod but until next time for nick bacone i am vaughn johnson thanks for listening to episode 353 of the straight shooters and we'll catch y'all again in a couple weeks acknowledge me